over the course of about six years, now the retreat is probably about 80% embodiment practice and 20% talking expression of what's coming up after those practices. And the reason I'm saying that, Ryan, is now is because now I believe that when we are rooted within mm. and spending less attention and less time here, there's more potency and there's more capacity to recognize the masks and recognize that we aren't we aren't really any of these masks we are you know we are love or what we are presence we are pure consciousness whatever name you want to give that but the masks can be different you know you could have a guy on retreat who's really identifying with the tough guy and that's his main mask and you could have a guy who's identifying with the wimp the people pleaser and the mr guy nice guy because They've worn those masks growing up because they thought that would give them love. Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. Before we get going with today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that 60% of you listening are women. And women, I know that we want to see good and better men in this world. I just encourage you right now to share this episode that you're about to hear with a good man that you'd like to encourage. He will hear some wonderful things that will both equip and encourage the heart-centered masculine leader within him. On episode 190, I'm joined by Craig White. Craig has spent a career in elite level sport, having served as a strength and conditioning coach for many rugby premiership teams, including Wasps, Leicester Tigers, and has served with the Irish and Welsh Rugby Football Union, and spent two tours with the British and Irish Lions. In 2009, after attending a yoga meditation retreat in Thailand, everything changed for Craig. He fell out of love with rugby and so went a journey of personal discovery. And after training in various disciplines, including yoga meditation, NLP, hypnotherapy, life coaching, and men's leadership coaching, Craig's work is an integration of all that he knew in his strength and conditioning days and all that he has learned in the last decade. And his life centers around coaching and consulting professional sports teams, mentoring clients privately and in groups, and his love for yoga, meditation, and spending time in nature. He is a consultant with World Rugby, and he is also consulting with Harlequins in the UK Rugby Premiership. In 2016, he created an organization called Men Without Masks, which is dedicated to supporting the lives of men, empowering them to live a life of purpose. They run men's retreats and offer private coaching. I'm really looking forward to you hearing this conversation. It's episode 190 with Craig White. Please do share this with a man who needs to hear this episode. Here we go. 190 with Craig White. Craig, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? I'm great, Ryan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. So I think you and I share a similar heart for, for helping men. And before we get to your current things that you're doing in the world, I understand you started your journey in elite physical performance. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, um, I've been working kind of on and off in um, professional team sports for about 27 years, most notably professional rugby, you know, mm-hmm. club level and, and international level. Um, I've worked with teams like Ireland, England, um, Wales, British and Irish Lions, and uh, some top teams in the UK. And um, I've also, I worked for about 14 years full-time, um, like really kind of at the coal face. And then uh, had a, a beautiful midlife crisis, walked away. And um, since then, um, I've been working as a consultant in professional rugby. My biggest client is World Rugby, which is like the governing body. And um, mm-hmm. I, I travel all over, over the world um, consulting um, to you know international teams that are just kind of under the, the elite level. It seems like Uruguay, Georgia, Romania, Chile, um, these type of teams. And um, 
and within within those 27 years I started off as a physical performance coach and then as I kind of outgrew that I became a holistic nutritionist and mm. that got me into mental skills and and then I went on my own journey and um, got into self-development and helping teams to cultivate uh, brotherhood and culture and purpose and and so yeah so um, I still work in professional rugby most of the time um, f- still for world rugby um, but it's very much kind of in a holistic performance uh, type of role that has a bias towards building culture. Yeah, I love that, and um, and and that was you. You part answered kind of where my curious question is: When did you start to go beyond the physical? And so, is that part of your own journey and your own advancement and learning, or is that in part informed by what you yeah. were seeing with the men in it's, front of you as well? It's all part of my own journey, really. Um, mm. I mean, I was a closet seeker for many, many years. You know, I remember working for some professional clubs in the UK and, um, you know, I'd go to Kabbalah classes and not tell anybody and I'd have a huge library on Buddhism and I wouldn't tell anybody. And when I was in London, I used to go to the London Meditation Centre and it was a secret. And I used to work for a team called Leicester Tigers and I used to kind of sometimes on the weekend go to the Hare Krishna Centre and eat with them and chant with them and... Uh, I, I was always a seeker, but I was too embarrassed to tell anybody sure. at the time because of, you know, the stereotypical mm. society that I was raised in that discreetly, indirectly, subliminally taught me to be alpha, masculine, dominant, and all the toxic right. stuff that uh, is, the, is the remnants of this patriarchal system, um, or yeah. I should say the negative aspects to it. Sure. So yeah, so I was always kind of seeking and then um, and then I I went I was working as the performance uh, director for the Welsh rugby team and it was just it was probably around 2009 and my ex-wife took me to Thailand on a really intensive yoga retreat um with uh with a really kind of tantra um mm-hmm. biased yoga school mm-hmm. and it was it just blew me apart. Mm. it just blew me open and, and and that started the shake up asking questions and, and yeah and the rest has been um an incredible journey really of, of self-discovery that that never ends but one where i'm much more comfortable literally in my own skin um but it's been a kind of up and down um road especially over the last 14 years with all the stuff i've done you know and yeah yoga ttcs and meditation teacher ttc's shadow work silent retreats long fasts you know mm. uh time in complete darkness mm. lots of hallucinogenics just to kind of um just to kind of know a little bit more about myself so i could know more about others that's powerful and i think so much on this journey um it's so often like coming back to the essence of who we are and and learning so much of what like life and society teaches like in your seeking what did you find oh wow um (laughs) initially it was just a it it was a wow initially i mean obviously i was i was seeking something but when i had that kind of yoga experience it was a wow fucking hell oh my God, the universe is vast. I am vast. I am part of that universe. Um, But I'm also split inside of me, you know, there's bliss, there's joy, there's incredible expansion, which I love and I'm I'm embracing, but there's also the dark stuff and why I'm angry and where did that come from and why am I judging my mother and my brother and my father and how can I, why am I suppressing my feminine side and what, why am I uncomfortable when somebody tells me to move like that and, you know, and what's mm. all that about? So um, um, there was a wow. And then for many years, there was a split. And I, th- I think it's, I had to go through it, right? And you may have gone through it yourself where, you know, I, I probably was a spiritual materialist for a while. You know, I remember after that yoga retreat, mate, I remember going home and, and thinking, oh, I'm spiritual. I remember saying to my wife. Getting yourself some crystals. We are spiritual. <laughs> and and I, it's like I created two buckets. One yeah. bucket was, well, I think that's spiritual, so I'll do that, and, and I'll do that, and I'll do that. And these things are not spiritual. So I backed off from sport, 
foolishly thinking that wasn't spiritual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I deleted shitloads of music on my on my laptop. Yeah. I deleted loads of friends. It was like, yes, now I've got it. And there was such a split inside of me that I was still wearing masks. Sure. And thank- thankfully, uh, over a period of years, that because I've integrated more parts of of my own shadows, if you like, and I'm mm. I'm fine with it. When I look at life now, you know, whether I'm talking to you on a podcast or whether I'm teaching a men's retreat or working with a rugby team or going on a hike or drinking a glass of water, it's all sacred. Yeah. And, um, and really my, my my practice, if you like, I mean, what does that word even mean? But my practice has, has, has also shifted. I'm 50 now from routine, mm-hmm. must do that, must do that, have to do that very external things mm. to just the simplicity of focused attention, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm drinking a cup of tea or whether I'm lying mm. with the cat or whether I'm sat formally in meditation, it's all mm. just a sacred opportunity to come back to presence. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. My, my own wrestling uh, I, I spent 13 years in the UK police service and my own wrestling was coming back to surrender, you know, <laughs> having this illusion that I was figuring it all out and I was working my face off and in control and and surrendering that to a higher power and, and being able to give and then receive that unconditional love. That was that was the huge transformation for, for me. And I was very fortunate enough to read a book by a guy called Rob Bell who wrote um, Everything is Spiritual, which... Mm-hmm which kind of helped open my perspective to in the very early days to, to see that it, it flows through the essence of, of who we are and, and where we go. But how did that uh, love for brotherhood lead you to create this, uh, this thing called men without masks? Well, I've always, uh, when I've, when I've done my homework, retracing the steps of my life, yeah. um, you know, it, it was evident that, um, my older brother, who's 12 years older than me, who probably growing up because my dad was at work all the time. He was, mm. I can't remember, but he was probably my idol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even though I perceived that he bullied me and gave me a hard time, but he was still probably my idol. He, he went in the army when I was eight. So I didn't really see much of him after that. And um, that must have left a huge void in me. Sure. And when I was eight, my mother must have picked up on this because that's when I started to play rugby. So I think potentially because of that void um, that I've always changed, brotherhood has always given me something. It's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. like medicine. And then um, when I left full-time rugby, when I went through this midlife crisis, there was a period of, of, of probably about three or four years, Ryan, where I was doing some consultancy. I was dipping my toe in, but there was still... I'm never going to work in rugby ever again, ever. It's egoic. I don't want to do it for <laughs> rugby. And it was then that I created Men Without Masks. I was working with the coach. He said, right, what have you been doing all your life? Were you comfortable? What's your skill set? What's your talents? He, yeah. said, he said, I get that you don't want to work in rugby, but you need to work with men because you can create safe spaces. Mm. You can connect with multiple personality types. And you've done all this yoga meditation. Bring it all together in a jigsaw. Mm. And that's when I created Men Without Masks about uh, about five years ago now, and um, and it's still it's still growing. You know, we run different types of retreats, online group support programs. And um, and I also offer um, private mentorship as well. Hey, my friends, thank you for being with us so far. I hope you're enjoying the interview. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about our signature heart print coaching. Our heart print coaching is for you if you're ready to go all in on becoming a heart-centered leader, ready to go all in on doing more of what you love, ready to see what you are capable of with support, guidance and accountability. You're ready to go on a rapid transformational journey that will change your life and others in as little as three months. Are you ready to show up with courage and share your gift with the world? Ready to start making an income and more impact by doing what you love. Ready to start leaving your legacy where those around you are left better than yesterday. In our Heartprint Signature Coaching, in our time together, I'll help you lead from your heart set. I'll help you develop other people and your team. 
I'll help you bring your heart work to the world. I'll help you start leaving a legacy and capturing examples of your impact. I will help you be someone you love, to do more of what you love and to serve people that you love. It's an amazing opportunity for someone who's ready to go all in and be a heart-centered leader. I'll throw in loads of other bonuses, including your life languages profile, uh, access to our Master Heart and Mind membership, and even some always better than yesterday merchandise. Head to abty.co.uk forward slash coaching to find out more, and I look forward to connecting with you very soon. That's abty.co.uk forward slash coaching. Here we go. Back to the interview. Love that. To help us understand who men without masks are, give us a description of men with masks. Um, yeah, this is a great question, isn't it? And, and so much to pick from it. I mean, obviously, who are we? The essence of life is also a big question that relates to this. And, you know, do we need some masks to, to live? And we have to play a role and maybe some masks serve us and some masks don't serve us but um generally speaking you know the masks that we were and we try to if you like develop enough safety and confidence and trust to remove on some of our retreats are the ones that really were given to us by others and it, I can only answer it, Ryan, in, in terms of my life, because the masks could have been slightly different. Now, where I'm from in the north of England, there's a commonality, but there could be different cultures where the masks are different. But, you know, my masks growing up in order to survive or the false illusion of survival was yep. you must dominate others. You must be right. You must always win at the expense of others. Mm. You must compete to win. Um don't show your feelings, objectify women. Um, yeah. And so on and so on. Be strong, be tough. You need a six pack. You know what I mean? Go and exercise, uh, shout, use anger to solve problems, mm. never cry. So mm. I guess these were my masks really. And, and I, for sure, I wore the mask of the tough guy. I wore the mask of the sportsman. I wore the mask of the um, the sex god. I wore the mask later on of the spiritual one. And, and ultimately, my life has been a process of actually realizing that that, 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 it, that isn't me. Mm. That those masks don't really serve me that. And then the question is asked, who am I? Who am I that is more than that? Who am I at the core of that? So... Um, <clears throat> The masks, what I know now through the work that we do in memory of the mask, you know, masks are created by our cognition. Mm -hmm. And when we started memory that masks, a lot of what we did in circle or in retreats was actually talking therapy, but over the course of about six years, now the retreat is probably about 80% embodiment practice mm -hmm. and 20% talking expression of what's coming up after those practices and the reason i'm saying that ryan is now is because now i believe that when we are rooted within mm. and spending less attention and less time here <clears> that the, there's more potency and there's more capacity to recognize the masks and recognize that we aren't we aren't really any of these masks we are you know we are love or what we are presence we are pure consciousness, whatever name you want to give that. Um, but the masks can be different. You know, you could have a guy on retreat who's really identifying with the tough guy, and that's his main mask. And you could have a guy who's identifying with the wimp and the and and, and the the people pleaser and the Mr. Guy, nice guy because they've worn those masks growing up because they thought that would give them love. So it, it's just a false self, really. A mask is a, a false uh, expression of self. Yeah. I, um, I've been talking about heart-centered leadership for a, a few years now. And one of the things I've really come to be better at articulating is that love looks different for men and women. And, and so often uh, there's a perception that heart-centered leaders soft, it's fluffy, it's listening, it's talking about feelings and emotions. And 
you know, I, I interviewed a guy called Dr. John Gray who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From uh, yeah. Venus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, him him being able to articulate the, the biology that's different between a man and a woman and, uh, and masculine and feminine yeah. just just gave me the confidence to express that love looks differently from a man and for a woman. And uh, one of the things that he did say about how the world has evolved is that so much about um, feminine safety is about being able to feel heard and safe. And us as men, we have this desire just to fix stuff. <laughs> and fixing and listening doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. And I know that listening to your fellow brothers is something that's powerful. How do you how do you create that safe space where maybe just love just listens? Um let me just feel into that. I, I love the question actually. I, I love the ending where love just listens. I'm kind of visualizing in the first few minutes of the retreat now at the morning, Ryan, where men sit in circle and we've got one coming up in September. There's going to be, there's going to be 27 of us in total, including facilitators. And um, hmm. obviously when we sat in circle, the herd wiring of, is he from my tribe? Is he from my tribe? Will he invade my tribe? I need to be on my metal. I can't look at him and all the projections that, that go with it. Mm. Well, he looks, he, he looks like he would be fun. Why do I put my head down when I'm with him? So all that exists. Mm. But when we're just silent, Ryan, in that first few minutes, it's almost like I've developed this capacity to, to feel deeply and recognize that there's such mm. a deep, deep yearning in every single man, despite the fears and anxiety, there's such a real deep yearning, number one, to connect with other men, mm. number two, to speak up, number three, to be heard without judgment, mm. and when we feel safe enough, number four, to be supported by men, mm. but also to be challenged by men, and those two uh, parts of the polarity are, are, what, are what actually I refer to when I'm talking about love. You know, that the, the two prongs of love, the supportive mm. side, but also the accountability side, mm. the one where the one where you and I can look at each other. You can look at me and say, Craig, do you realize that you're fucking not staying true to your word lately? You mm. need to buckle, buckle down versus mm. the other side where, Craig, do you need a hug right now? Yeah. Too many people call that tough love. I call it love tough because in my love coming first, I earn the right and the safety to challenge you. For sure. Yeah. One of the things that um, I was looking at on your on your Instagram page is I just love the, it's amazing. I imagine your retreats is just something you have to experience, but you guys have done a great job in documenting some of that. And one of the things that gets to me every time is men in a circle with their hands on a brother and it looks like whether it's a prayer or a meditation, whatever that might be. And I've done loads of work with the heart math Institute to understand that when we get out of our minds, we create, it's the same reason that I think the all blacks have a competitive advantage by doing the hacker. They're yeah. doing something that transcends the mind that creates heart coherence with those. What are some of, I can only imagine being part of that process. What's that like to be involved and facilitate? It's incredibly humbling. It brings me to my knees every time. I bet. Um, it's, it's so rich. It's medicine. Um, and you hit the nail on the head there. You know, a heart math meditation to kind of bring into coherence the head and the heart at the level of the body and the, at the level of consciousness and present moment awareness. It's no different to the, the example you gave of a guy standing in the middle we ask permission for us to touch him and for him, for every man to send love through his hands and for him to absorb that mm. with his attention and, and using his breath to carry it inside. It's, it's no different. And it's, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, it just brings me to my knees every time. And I just wish every man could feel that Ryan. Mm. And it's, to be honest, the, the paradox of, of it all, Ryan, is that if I say to you, you've got to get out of your head and you've got to get out, you've, you've got to get into your body, 
without awareness, your cognition will pick up on that and think, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> because we can't work it out. It has to be yeah. a felt sense. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah and whether you know, right, whether that's um, a formal meditation or meditating sat on a chair with a cat or jumping into cold water, which forces presence, mm. or doing a sweat lodge, which forces presence. You know, it, it doesn't really matter, but that kind of um, embodied felt sense is a feeling of, yes, I'm at home now. Mm. There's no child, there's no problems here. There's no fear here. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's it's medicine and it, it's coherent and it's a, it's it's also talking to the brain to help with our rewiring and our beliefs. Yeah. The um, the most haunting one-liner I've read in a book comes from Dr. Gary Chapman uh, in The Five Love Languages. And on the very last page, it says, for all the love we didn't receive as children, we'll become adults that seek that in the world. Mm. And like that was my journey. Like I, I found a lot of affirmation and validation in my work which meant that when I had problems in my home life, where was I going to fix my problems or to go where I was loved? And, and so often we've got men that are showing up leading for love uh, rather than from love. Um, many are addicted and work and overworking and, and, and are completely disconnected from this sense of identity or even presence. And, you know, might be, might be here in the home with the kids, but just not really home in the kids. Like, how do you, I imagine like the first few days of your retreat is just slowing those men down. Like talk us through that. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's day one is about safety. Um, yeah. in, all, in all of my work, Ryan, whether that's a one-on-one, -on -one, in-person, face-to-face, um, or whether that's on some kind of retreat, I have a no phone policy. There's no phone, there's no screens. They have to give it as soon as they arrive. So mm. on, on day one of the retreat, within the first 30 minutes, we have a phone ceremony where they put the phone into a sacred box um, mm. and that's huge um and mm. so yeah so day one is about safety and uh, to be honest mate we go to bed at the end of day one and whilst there might be one or two men that are still in fuck this is not safe i run i want to run away most of them feel incredibly safe mm. and the next day is all about love where we delve into the lover archetype and then the next day is a warrior, the next day is a magician, the next day is the king. So by the end of the early morning embodiment class on the lover day, you know, we're in a pretty good place. And then by the end of the afternoon embodiment class on lover day, we're in an incredible place where guys who've never done it before are looking comfortably in the eyes of another man and feeling so and after that it's just it's just magic it just deepens and deepens and deepens mm. that's really really powerful you just said the word king there what is the power of the king's blessing well the king is about power you know there's no denying that whether you know we all have a king man or woman within us it's this kind of it, the part of it is this innate connection to, to to spirit that comes through us in this realm, and you know, there's there's definitely a, a king within us that seeks clarity and order mm. and a sense of purpose mm. and wants to feel good enough and a sense of accomplishment and and joy and and have some kind of kingdom to to nourish and 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 to and to, and to, and to generate. Um, but unfortunately, because within the patriarchal dominant society that we've been raised in, unfortunately, men in significant leader, leadership positions have abused this power, haven't they? Yeah. You know, you know yeah. they, they've adopted the, yes, I'm more powerful than a woman. I'm going mm. to use this power to my own advantage. And it's, and it's trauma-driven. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a fact that a lot of the world leaders have experienced um, boarding school trauma a good friend of mine at the moment is looking deeply into that and looking to create a movie about it mm -hmm. um i'll give it i'll give you his name at the end it might be worth interviewing him mm -hmm. Thank and um so yeah so so the work that we do is, is just a shift for one it's recognizing actually i do have power mm -hmm. what is my power 
Mm. Is my power my health? Is my power my financial status? Is my power my fathering ability? Is my power my business? You know, is my power the, the freedom I've got to travel? Is my power my voice? Just, just kind of identifying the power or the gift and using that in a more mature way. Um, because we do need more men to step into that. You know, there's a whilst the leaders of the world, generally speaking, some of them are abusing the power. You and I know that there's a lot of men now in leadership positions who are not stepping, even stepping into the power. They adopt the weakling prince. Mm. Like I have all this power, but I'm not going to use it in case I fuck up. Mm. What is then the the embodied leadership that you you talk about? It's a journey hmm. and we have to go on a journey to have a healthier sense of who we are behind the mask. So the first step is, is deep, deep, deep self-awareness. Yeah. Second step is through, through either divine intervention or practice or some kind of pain at various times in life. There's a recognition that I'm more than this physical body. I'm connected to a source or a spirit or God, if you're religious, or the Alliance, if you're into ETs. I don't know care what it is, but there's a recognition that I'm connected to, to, to information here. Mm. Um, and then the third one is, is to really, for me, delve into what our gifts and talents and superpowers are. And, and, to, and, and confidently step into the world. Um, it's a complex question that, Ryan, I've not been asked that before. Um, there's obviously a part around integrating our trauma as well. Yeah. Or, or as Jeff Foster says, who I love, loving our trauma. Mm. Yeah, because that's uh, life's going to squeeze, you know, pressure's going to happen. And I guess what comes out is what's already on the inside. Yeah, for sure. What's coming to me now, Ryan, is um, probably more than any, and it's a reflection of my journey for sure, but probably more than at any other time in history, I see the need for men to step forward as kings. Yeah. Not to create the best mi mission statement in the world and have it yeah. plastered on the wall, but have a commitment and a mission to be relational within intimate mm. partnerships. Mm. Well, it's exactly what you said a minute ago around the very start of your retreats. The masculinity at its finest will create safety. For sure. You know, I think masculinity at its purest is, is both a humble servant, is going to create safety, and is going to be willing to sacrifice. And I think that's the big thing that's missing within corporate leadership is that they don't sign up for that model of leadership. Yeah. They sign up for the, how can I benefit myself? And when, and when life gets a little bit tricky, they'd sooner sacrifice their team rather than themselves. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The what other has, thing, the other, oh, the other thing on my journey that's incredibly important for me now, yeah. you know, in, 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 in the personal development space, the self-discovery space, I've done a lot. I mean, I've not yeah. got kids, so I've done an awful lot. But the most potent edge that I've ever leaned into that is providing the deepest growth is currently with my girlfriend, Sarah. We've been working now with a counsellor, a beautiful counsellor for the last few months, and there is so much growth. Mm. I'm, it, it, it's just incredible. I've never been as committed in relationship mm. as I am now. And not that everybody needs a counsellor, but for us, the counsellor is providing that triangle to kind of guide us into deeper connection. And it's, it's mm. absolutely beautiful. And my mission has changed a lot, Ryan. My mm. mission now is... I am a commitment to deep, intimate partnerships. Mm. That's it, full stop. That is my mission in life. 
yeah. whether it's with my girlfriend or my brother or you now on the podcast mm. or in business. Um, it really is that for me now because I've run away from deep, deep relationships all my life, like at yeah. most of my life. Mm, that's powerful. What becomes possible with deep, intimate relationships? Um, what I feel is a, a deep, deep sense of trust. Yeah. A deep sense of kingship in the sense of life will have its ups and downs, mm. but I can hold it. Mm. You know, I, I can hold it all. I don't have to run away from it. Mm. That's powerful. You talked about the prince earlier and, you know, in, in many respects, there are many men like me who were raised by single parents. You know, my dad left when I was six months old, stepdad left when I was 12. I haven't had a role model. Um, or maybe I have in terms of the how how not to do things or how I'd like to do things differently. But um, how do, you know, lost boys become men of purpose? Mm. Um, do you know, Ryan, this weekend, just gone, I was commissioned by a guy that's been on two of my retreats. I was commissioned by him to go to Norfolk and put on a rites of passage retreat mm-hmm. for nine older men and his 14-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And it brought me to my knees. It's the first time I've done that, although it's been on my horizon for a while. And to see the transformation in this 14-year-old boy from mm-hmm. start to finish, and to see, and, and, for this, and for this 14-year-old boy to witness nine other older men mm. showing up being vulnerable expressing emotion talking about blind spots talking about strengths it's it was such a gift for this young man so what i'm coming to here is that this young man within his 14 year old nervous system is receiving an incredible amount of blessing mm. but i think is necessary for him to get his shit together yep. as he grows older. Um, what we believe in the world that we do is if there's a lack of, um, I'm not going to use the, the word father in the context of one man, mm-hmm. because I yep. think that puts too much pressure on fathers. Mm-hmm. But if, if a young boy doesn't receive adequate father energy positive mm. you know mature father energy and the blessing of that and when i say blessing i mean you're good enough i love you you, you can't make a mistake you don't have to change for me mm. you know what i mean i'll support you i'll challenge you i'm with you all the way i'm mm. there for you then i think it's easier for us to get our shit together i just think if we don't have that masculine blessing growing up, it just becomes a little bit more harder to get our shit together. We might rebel against women and our mother and mm. might step into the king too early. And um, so mm. making that, coming back to a simple answer, masculine blessing is incredibly important for young men. Mm. The right kind of masculine blessing. Yeah. I, I, I Just as you speak, I resonate. You know, I... I become the man of the house shall we say at 12 and yeah yeah I, I became perceptually arrogant you know I was the I was the young lad going out into the world adopted the king far too early here's all the great things I'm doing in the world telling everyone about it there was an insecure king who was promoted far beyond his years uh-huh. um, who just wanted love and validation and and probably just some man to go it's all right dude yeah all in, all in good time yeah yeah, all in good time. That's really powerful. Thank you for that. The, the, the other way I want to answer this question, Ryan, is maybe a different way to look at it, but something I, I strongly believe in. So, so I I've done some work with a guy called Dr. John D. Martini. Yep. And um, to be honest, mate, I would say that despite a lot of amazing teachers who I've experienced, John is probably the most inspirational man I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And in answer, another answer to your question is. Um, the whole embodied approach and bless receiving blessing from other men that's very powerful because it's never too late to bless our nervous system no matter what age we are and when the retreat is so incredibly intense yeah 
and guys continue with that practice with men's groups and things like that, the blessing keeps coming into the nervous system and it, mm. it can change all the time. But what I like about John's work is John would say, John would say something like this. Well, there's a little boy inside of us that's still traumatized, mm. but there's also a mature version of us that can help that little boy to balance out his perceptions. So some of the work I do mm. as on top of the embodiment work with, let's say, a guy that didn't have a father growing up is to help him balance perceptions because his, his little boy is obviously stuck in the downside. Mm-hmm. But there's, in every aspect of life, there's always plus and minus. There's always mm-hmm. support and challenge. Mm-hmm. There's always loss and gain you know there's always uh down and up so mm-hmm. when men feel safe enough part of my mentoring work is helping them to really dig into despite that shit that happened to you growing up and the pain that you perceive how as the experience and how has all the different pain that you've experienced after that mm. shaped you to become the incredible man that you're moving into and is allowing you to be a heart-led leader who serves the world from a place of compassion. Mm. And, and if that's John has a really exhaustive process to, to, that goes with that called the Di Martini method. Mm. And I've seen miracles happen because when we balance out when we're stuck in a one-sided view of reality, Ryan, we're run by our amygdala. Mm. You know, the fight or flight, the ah, 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 you know, survival. But when we can balance out cognitive perceptions, even though that's a cognitive exercise, it can bring us into our heart. Mm. So that's beautiful. Um, I've witnessed John. I mean, I'm not good, as good as John yet, but I've witnessed John. I've witnessed people coming to John with the most horrific stories in the world. And John does not get entangled in that story. Mm. He pulls them out of the story. He gets them to look at the other side and keep digging and digging and digging and digging and digging until there's a, there's a oh my God, fuck. The wound is the gift. But it can take a while to get to that. Yeah. Um, I... I come from a Christian faith in the last three years. It's, it's been part of my kind of journey. And um, one of the translations of a piece of scripture that everyone, there's, there's the scripture that's about the, the wounds in the flesh and, and um, he pleads to God three times, please remove these thorns from my flesh, please remove these thorns from my flesh. And in this translation, I read it blew my mind because I've never heard it phrased this way in your weakness is a God response in your weakness. You will find my full expression. And I've just come to just hold that scripture dear because it's in our pain, there's mm. great purpose. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It seems to be that way, doesn't it, Ryan? Mm. There's no way, there's no way around it. Yeah. And and I think sometimes it just takes the conscious decision to choose to as people say, what has been the greatest learning you've taken from any of your podcast guests? And I think it's the running thing that no matter what life happens to some of these people they've taken some of the worst things and used it for good. Yeah, 100 million trillion percent. It becomes the alchemy, doesn't it? It alchemizes into gold. I love the work by Jeff Foster and and it's helped me because I used to fall into the trap of, even through my language with clients saying things like, you know, let go of that. Um, You know, tell that, tell it to fuck off. And and really, it's not about that. It's about being, which is obviously not easy, but I love Jeff's approach. You know, if anger comes, if sadness comes, if anxiety comes, fear, whatever it is and whatever story is attached to it, the goal is just be present with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just be present with it. Don't exhale fully to let it go and get it away and trying to get rid of it because you can't. Yes. Just be present with it. Well, one of the problems that men have, based on what I said earlier around this nature of being problem solvers and fixers, if we become more self-aware as men, we can add emotions to those things that we think we need to solve. So 
that's exactly what you're i guess you're doing is you're equipping men with the toolkit to know that they don't have to meddle with those emotions sit observe and they don't become then a problem to fix and solve because if they become a problem to fix and solve and you can't fix them what's the implication i'm broken i'm broken i'm low worth i'm low value i see you guys do some cold water exposure what's that done for you personally Oh, well, that's a good. I'm glad you've asked that question because it's been pivotal on my journey, Ryan. So, mm. apart from the brotherhood piece, which I, I I mentioned in the beginning, you know, I felt like I was an only child growing up. Mm. Um, <laughs> my narrative around my own kind of healing is around my relationship to women. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout all my kind of work, going on retreats, working with coaches, I, I, I used to genetics, all that kind of stuff ayahuasca it's always mm. craig you don't fucking respect women mm. you don't respect the woman inside of you that's where your work is um sorry ryan i've, I've lost my train of thought what was the question then cold water ah so um about um i mean about i don't know how long it goes i went on a david dieta retreat in colorado Mm-hmm. with about 36 men and and it came up again my relationship to women and um kind of spontaneously really maybe a bit influenced by my girlfriend who was into it but spontaneously i went for a hike and there was a beautiful natural uh pool in the river it was so incredible and during the i was there for eight days and during that it must have been about five years ago or four years ago um I, 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 I used the metaphor of the water as my own feminine mm-hmm. and it was fucking freezing. It was in winter. So every morning I would just edge my way in and breathe my way in and, and really kind of go slowly. And, and I would just rest mm. and I would allow myself to, to kind of feel the cold, if you like, of the feminine mm-hmm. and, and give forgiveness to the feminine. And, it, and, and so, so I related it to me saying yes to my own feminine mm. and, and, and i got in it i got into it myself and i live in a beautiful place in yorkshire where there's so many different places to to purify and get into mm. the water and so for me it, it's been related to my relationship to women and when i use it with clients they have to have a metaphorical reason for getting in yeah mm. I love that. One of the um, concepts I have here, uh, always better than yesterday, is this uh, um, this word that I use for legacy, and it is the interactions of our leadership, and it is heartprint. I believe that when we, you know, become the king, when we lead from our hearts, when we um, have purpose and we values, and we have all those reasons to serve and to sacrifice and to love others. We will leave a heartprint where those around us are left better. I wonder what you believe your heartprint to be. What is my heartprint? Wow. I've never been asked that question before. (laughs) What's coming to me initially in my life right now, which is a reflection of what seems to be presented to me when I'm working with clients, because that's my number one driver through Mm -hmm. vocation. Um, It's that the clients who work with me leave with a heartfelt sense of purpose that gives them an embodied feeling of, I don't have a choice. This is my gift. This is what I'm going to share in the world. And the other side of the part print, which is happening right now for me, is to... make the men that work with me realize 
that despite the quest to have more discipline and have a morning routine <laughs> and have a bigger business, your growth that will enable you to live comfortably in your own skin and die expressing the music, your growth is in the intimate relational space. Mm. It's not in a retreat. It's not within our ayahuasca. It's not uh, in a business model. It's not in a mission statement. It's in that relational, sticky, charged, triggered space that requires our full presence, not our little boy's anger. Mm, my friend, I could talk to your day. You you seem like the human being I'd love to sit around a campfire with and just <laughs> just talk about life and purpose for for all of the evening. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the incredible things that you're doing in the world. Where can people find you, your work, and, and come and check out Member That Masks? Yeah. Well, firstly, I'd love your questions, Ryan. Uh, this you, podcast has been, has been a lovely journey of inquiry for me as well. So thank you for your questions. Thank you. Um, you can find my work. Um, you can find my work, my men's work through Men Without Masks on our website, menwithoutmasks.com. We've got a great YouTube channel, Men Without Masks. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can find my other kind of, if you like, performance work in, in the corporate and, and sporting world. Uh, through Craig White Mentoring on um, craigwhitementoring.com. You can find Craig White on LinkedIn. You can find Craig White on uh, Instagram and also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Legend. I'd be honoured if you'd leave us with a final thought from your good self. The final thought from my good self is that... Whenever... As men, we take our time to feel into our hearts and what wants to come through into the world. It will be medicine to change the world. Hmm. I love that. Craig, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.